If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. The holidays are over, the new year is here, and the time to act is now. Expert private care at Recovery Centers of America will get you on the road to recovery today. At our award-winning and fully accredited treatment centers on the Eastern Shore and in Southern Maryland, you will be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect by our dedicated team of professionals. You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Cocoa Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Cocoa Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board. Listen, learn, live. Good afternoon and welcome to the Cocoa Express Show Network for May 31st, 2014. It's a Saturday and it's time for you, the best invention ever with Valencia Lyle Saunders. Welcome to you, the best invention ever, featuring host Valencia Lyle Saunders, a show dedicated to inspiring you to invent something incredible, your life. Hello, 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 and welcome to You the Best Invention Ever. It's good to be back. I only get to see you guys once a month at the end of the month, so let's see what has passed by. Memorial Day. I hope everybody had a great Memorial Day. That was a great weekend. The weather was phenomenal for, you know, I'm on the East Coast. So it was phenomenal for us on the East Coast, and um, it is the time for barbecuing, getting your grill out, getting your um, hot dog and hamburger on, and, you know, going to the beach, which, you know, it's not quite beach weather yet, but, you know, some of us think it is, and we try and get out there and, and, and do it. And, you know, but you still got time to get that beach body. If you don't have it yet, you still got time because officially summer is July 4th. So, you know, I'll see you at the gym. I'm trying to work on it myself. Anyway. On a more serious note, but not so serious, but serious enough, um, uh, my guest today, um, we are going to talk about organ donation and organ transplant. And interestingly enough, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of us, if not all of us, know someone who well, maybe not all of us, but, you know, we're aware of people having to do things like dialysis, which means that you have a kidney that may be um, in need of a transplant because you have um, an issue with that organ, an issue with that organ. And um, I also uh, know a couple of people, and one uh, I ran into Memorial Day weekend that I hadn't seen for a while, 
and um, he said he just had an organ transplant um, not too long ago in September. And I was like, wow. So it really took me aback because I had just spoke to our next guest about it. And then I went to visit my uncle that same day, and I saw like a neighbor, an old friend, who was on his way to dialysis. And I was like, wow. So um, this makes it all the more real for me because not only um, is our guest um, an organ transplant recipient, he had been on dialysis as well, and I just thought that was a pretty interesting uh, set of serendipitous you know, moments in my life that really put it in perspective for me. So I don't want to take any more time up on my blah, 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 but I want to introduce you to Randy Brazil. Hi, Randy. Hello, Valencia. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing today? I'm doing good today. So um, we have a mutual friend, and I've been aware of your struggle with um, organ, your your kidney, for a little while. And um, you have a great message, an interesting story, and it's something I think we all need to know. Before I get to you, I just want to quote a couple of statistics um, on organ donation and transplant. Do you, you mind giving me a second? No problem. Okay. So everyone out there, um, this is on organ donation. And these are a few statistics from the uh, National Kidney Foundation. So 122,737 people are waiting for life-saving organ transplants. 100,602 are waiting for kidney transplants. Last year, 14,029 transplants took place. 9,314 were from deceased donors. 4,715 were from living donors. Here's another statistic. 2,500 new patients are added to the list each month. So those are some um, numbers from the National Kidney Foundation. Just to just to put, I don't know if it puts it in perspective, but um, the number is much more than you you know than I had ever considered. So I, I just wanted a few facts or a few um, things about donations, and this comes from the United States Department of Health and Human Services. And that is that anyone can be a donor, regardless of your medical condition, your age, or your background. So if you think you're not a candidate, you're wrong. You can be a candidate. Um, And here's another statistic, or another fact, not a statistic. Most religions support um, organ donations in the U.S. So I think some of us kind of um, get a little confused about what our religious beliefs say about this and don't say about this. But I think um, 
it's it's something to think about. So that being said, let's get to Randy. Hi, Randy. Okay. Yes, Valencia. So, so you are, you know, one of these statistics. You're living and breathing it. Can you tell, can you give me an idea about where this began for you? This began about five and a half, six years ago. And my mm-hmm. uh, my kidneys failed due to high blood pressure. Mm. I didn't know that was part of what high, you know, high blood pressure. High blood pressure, if it's not treated, yes, it can lead to uh, organ failure. Wow. So uh, that's why I tell, I'm trying to tell a lot of people now that, um, you know, get your blood pressure checked, go to the doctor, you, you know, don't play with it. It's called the silent killer. Mm-hmm. And you don't mm. want to end up getting very, very sick, as I did, because I didn't know what was mm-hmm. wrong with me. And then um, my mother went to church uh, one day, and then she came by, and she just saw me. She looked at me. She said, you really need to go to a doctor. So I went to the doctor, mm-hmm. Holy Name Hospital, and um, they ran all the tests and everything. And I looked at the doctor's face, and I looked at my mother's face, and I said, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. The look wow. on their face good, and that's when I found out that, you know, my kidneys were failing. So they sent me to ICU, oh and I had mm-hmm. um, I had to clean my blood immediately. Next thing I know, I had mm-hmm. a surgeon uh, put an incision in my neck because they had to do it from the neck to put the incision to um, clean the blood faster from the dialysis machine. Very, very scary moment in your time. You know, everything is going so fast, and the bells and whistles are going, and you just have this look on your face like, what are they doing to me? Or what did I do to myself mm-hmm. to put myself in this situation? Right. Right. So that's wow. how everything started. Wow. So. <clears throat> yes. Please go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's no problem. So um, from there on, um, I was in the hospital for about a week. Um, then I was released. Then I had to go back in to get a graft put in my arm uh, so um, you could actually do the dialysis from the veins in your arm. Since my veins are pretty big there, that was the best place to do them. But before that, they actually put a, um, a catheter in my chest. That's where it starts from. Mm-hmm. And then you go to dialysis, and you have a couple tubes hanging out of your chest, and they hook you up that way until your arm and the graft um, become, um, become as one. You know, they, they, have to be a, they have to be able to heal, and that takes about uh, six or seven weeks. So you get mm. dialysis from the chest, then it goes to the arm. There's another operation to put a – there's a little pump that goes into your arm called a fistula. And if you put your finger mm-hmm. on it, it's a pump that's pumping blood. And that's where the needles go in um, on your arm when you do dialysis. So, so it's just a process that you go through. And this process you go through, you know, you, you're still kind of stunned because you're going through this process. But eventually, you know, you, you, it's, it's, for me it was hard to accept. You know, I was like, wow, it's right. over. Can I continue doing what I'm mm-hmm. doing, what I love doing, which is coaching, which is acting? And you're limited on the things you can do because you're, you're hooked up to this chair, which is four hours a day, three days a week. Wow. And it does take So you can't do anything those three days? Those three days, um, the time I would go with, was, when I first started, I was going to eat. I thought that would be the best time to go. But then I found mm-hmm. out I was the morning slot, you know, but it took time to change into the morning slot. It's not like you just get up and just go and get a morning slot. I really didn't get that until, like, the last 
five months before my transplant. Wow. So it takes it take and then you know the toll that it takes on your body. But I refuse to um, believe that that I was going to be in that situation where I can't do anything else. So I started I started mm-hmm. going back to and I started working out again. My doctors looked at me like I was crazy because they were wondering right. how to get to the gym right after dialysis. Most people are drained, but I I made myself go to perform, to go in there and train and push. And next thing I know, it just became easier and easier. I refused to let it beat me. What was it in you that said, I need to, I must work out, I must, you know, what is it in your background or in, in your, you know, in you that says, this is what i got to do? I've been doing it all and my life. <clears throat> I've been doing it all my life. I refuse to accept that, okay, I'm going to let this disease just um, halt my life. So I, I just mm-hmm. went there. I, I just got the same determination that I, that I teach my kids when I'm coaching them, and, and I just practiced mm-hmm. my And I just started right. doing it. And like I said, after a while, my body got so used to it again, I got right back into a rhythm. Uh-huh. But, you know, you, but the, the hardest thing was because you have to watch what you eat. You have to watch the fluid intake especially because what you're doing is cleaning the blood. You're also cleaning water, um, the water out of your system too. So you got to watch how much, right. how much water is in your system because some days you can go in there and if you have too much water in your system, it can really drag you down. And you can feel it. Oh. And, you know, the doctors are always checking, you know, they're checking, um, they're, they're checking the reports every week and they're telling you, they say, okay, you're drinking too much water here, you ate this here, you have to be, you're, you're on what they call a renal diet, which is very limited on, on the things that you can eat. Pretty hard diet to follow. You lose, you lose a lot of weight, though, if you do follow it the right way, i tell you that. <laughs> but that's kind of extreme to lose some weight. <laughs> That was about the only good thing about it, you know, because when I went in, I was about, I was about 270, you know, and I was, because I was still powerlifting, still doing everything I enjoyed uh-huh. doing. And right. now, I'm, now after the transplant, I'm 229. Wow. Because you have to be under, so, 260, two, under 265 to get the transplant. That's one thing I, I read very closely. I said, okay, you've got time to take this weight off. Right. But before we get to the transplant, yeah. Um, I want to I take a few steps back. You're, you're at dialysis. You're on dialysis now. Yeah. Um, and you're doing this three times a week. Four hours a day. Um, four hours a day. You're right. on a special diet. You're always yeah. having to watch your liquid intake, your fluid intake. Yeah, always watching it. You're, you're still trying, you're not trying, but you're succeeding at reclaiming your routine, some part of your routine, and this has been yes. weight training and exercising, and your body's responding. Right. So what is happening with the rest of your life? I mean, you know, you, well, you're so, you have to really focus on well, yourself. And I, My son really helped me focus. You know, he's five and a half. So about the time mm-hmm. I got sick, being born, so that – that gave me a lot of a lot of um, a lot of enthusiasm. It gave me a lot of um, motivation. A lot, a lot of motivation to, to be around, you know, for him. Mm-hmm. So my son was a part of my life, you know, my family, you know, my mother was a big part of my life, you know. Um, mm-hmm. My friends. I mean, I had a lot. I had a, I had a lot of support too. That's the key thing. Excellent. You have to have a lot. You have to have yeah. a lot of support because. 
the days that you're by yourself, those are the toughest mm-hmm. days where no one is around, okay? You have right. to be able to pick yourself up and say, okay, am I going to sit around here and mope or am I going to do something about it? Mm-hmm. So my, so, by, so by, him, by raising him for, you know, it took a lot off my mind, seeing him, right. you know, hanging out with him. He was a and great distraction. Great distraction and great motivation, just looking at him. Mhm. Mhm. So I, you know, I look at him today, and I'm going, "Wow, man! You know, he, he was, he, he had to live through that with me." But you know, he really didn't understand right. what's going on. Just, you know, he still needs to be in the hospital. He knows how to go to the hospital a few times. And you know, he got real mm-hmm. quiet. And he's trying to figure out, okay, why are you in the hospital? <laughs> it was, it was just right. A, it was a moment for just me and him. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So you, that that was the big motivating factor, if anything, was was him. I want to see him mm-hmm. grow up, and and that's yeah. why you know organ donation is so important. You know, right. You know, Absolutely. I mean, there, there are some people who actually refuse organ donation because you know they they read things about the negative part of it. But I I, I mm-hmm. feel, you know I, I was on it so long. I wanted to start living life a little bit again, and next thing I know. I get a transplant from this from a young man. You know, he he he. he okay, to I want to stop you. I want to stop you yes, before you go to that. All right. I want I want to go I want us to go back to getting on the list. Okay, so yes. you're you're on dialysis. Where where does one where how does that happen? Okay, getting on the list. You have to speak to your social workers. I mean, your social mm-hmm. workers are are the primary people between you and your doctors. All right, they're going mm-hmm. to do all you need to get on the list I mean you have to go through you know you have to go you have to get on Medicare you have to mm-hmm. uh, you have to really you know you have to follow you have to follow certain guidelines as far as you know mm-hmm. what you to yourself to get on the list stay on the list you know try to get to as many hospitals that you can that perform kidney transplants um, I was on a list for uh, Einstein in Philadelphia, St. Barnabas mm-hmm. in, in New Jersey, and I was proceeding to go on the list at Columbia, too. Mm-hmm. And wow. uh, the tri-state area is a little bit harder because the lists are mm-hmm. a lot longer. So the lot, oh, lot I can of, imagine. You're right. A lot of suggestion is um, look for a list that's going down south, you know, Virginia, Florida, Atlanta. The list mm-hmm. might be less less people on it. Because, you know, when you first get on a list and you look at where you are and where you want to be, it's like, wow. It's just yeah. like a tunnel that goes on forever. Wow. But, every, but everybody doesn't qualify for the list, okay? Everybody doesn't qualify uh-huh. for it either due to age, either due to certain other types of diseases that they have. Mm-hmm. So you, you get eliminations from there. And the key thing is, is finding the right match. Because yes. if you have someone in your family who can donate a kidney, you have to mm-hmm. depend on you know you have to depend on the list and finding the right match. And that and if people okay. if more people in families would would donate a kidney, they don't realize you you can live on one kidney because basically I'm living on one kidney right now. Mhm. And, and this is so much more, you know, like being hooked up to dialysis machines. 
and living on one kidney, you know, there's a huge difference for you now. It's it's different. You know, I can can still pretty much eat what I want, but I I still am in that mode where I'm, you know, I'm still taking care of myself. I still challenge myself. I still go Mm -hmm. to the gym, still run, I still coach, you know, and, and and that keeps you – you have to find something that, that just keeps you going and keeps you motivated because if you sit there and dwell about it all the time, I mean, you, you will literally mm-hmm. drive yourself crazy. And I guess that's in anything in life, you know. You have to motivate yourself in a positive direction. Now, when you find out um, – you know, we've covered a lot of bases here. When you find out you're on the list – and right. that weight, like you said, there's a lot of, you know, really shorten the list. When you first see it, you're like, oh, my God, look where I am. But there are other factors that push you up. Um, so now you're waiting for that time to pass. Yes. Then, you know, we talked about the match. What is the match about? It can be in your family, but if you have to wait for someone else, it really, like, makes life you know, more difficult because you're still on dialysis and you're still waiting. What was it like when you got the call that there was a match? <laughs> when I got the call. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, funny, it was several calls I got. Um, really? The, the, yeah, the first call I got, um, it was, okay, we found a match. Uh, oh, my God. I'm saying, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm saying, oh, my God. I, I'm like, really? I, and then I, the call back was, okay, that match didn't work. I said, okay. Uh, two days two days later. Really? I got another call. I'm like, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, we have a possible match. So, you know, you're all geared up again. You're ready to go. And you're like, okay. All right, that one didn't work. Uh-huh. Third time, I get another call the next day. Okay, we got you a possible, possible match. It looks good. You know, so, you know, it's like right now you're getting called, so you get excited. And you get right. pumped up. You're like, wow, okay, here it comes, here it comes. Okay, this is going to be it. That one didn't match. So you're the call no, back, Rodney, stop but, it. Oh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> two days later, it, now this is a funny story. Two days later, I'm in the, we're in a coach's meeting, getting ready for the uh-huh. championship game, Pascag Valley against Paramus, New Jersey. We're going to MetLife oh Stadium. God. Everything is set. What? We a, yeah, we had a two-week break in between there. So I'm sitting there. All the coaches are there. The phone rings. My head coach, uh-huh. Craig Nielsen, looks over at me. He's just listening at me, and they said, we got a match, and, and we want you at the hospital at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Oh, I my God. I don't jump for joy, cry, oh. or do backflips down the hallway. All of the above. <laughs> and all the coaches looked at me. They grabbed me. They hugged me. And they were, they were just, I oh think they were more goodness. excited than I was. It was, I oh know, my goodness. I really can't describe it. I had goose. I didn't know what to do. And and it was funny. This was like As I'm down, happy, like your big game, your, your Hail Mary pass. My God, that was the Super Bowl right there. <laughs> yeah. And as I'm walking at the door, I'm walking out the door, I'm looking back, and I said, I'm going to be at the championship game. They all looked at me like I was oh crazy. I said, I'm going to be there. <laughs> Trust me, I'm going to be there. Wow. So next day, that morning, um, 
we uh, <laughs> we get up. Um, Jennifer mm-hmm. was uh, she came on a bus from New York. Um, wow. And she uh, she got here about midnight. Uh, my mother was ready, and I mm-hmm. called up a couple of my friends and told them that this was going to happen. So that morning on uh, December seventh, we went to St. Barnabas Hospital. Oh, that's my daughter's birthday. birthday. Yeah. On, I mean, on, yeah. November, on November, I'm sorry, November, November 27th, we went to the hospital. Oh, 27th, not it. 27th, we went to the hospital. <laughs> I was jumping ahead there. We went to the hospital and um, got there 5 in the morning, checked in. Um, the nurses were there. You know, they were explaining everything to me. Um, mm-hmm. I met my nephrologist, Dr. Wang, and uh, mm-hmm. he, said, uh, he started talking to me, explaining you know, certain things that were going to happen. He said, I'll see you soon. So what happened is they sent me to dialysis first for three hours. Mm-hmm. So while I'm in dialysis, I'm, you know, I'm laying there. I'm still kind of shocked. I'm a little groggy, too. So Dr. Wang is explaining the procedure, how it's going, the positives and the negatives. And then he looks at me and mm. goes, you still want the transplant? I said, hell yeah. <laughs> Not after so what you've been doing the last few days. It was, I was like, listen, you know what, let's go for it. So they roll me into yeah. the waiting room. Um, they get them, they get me prepared for anesthesia and, uh, you know, some major operations. The last time I, I spoke to my mom and I spoke to a couple of my friends, I spoke to Jen, and next mm-hmm. thing I know, they're wheeling me in to surgery, and Dr. Sun was my uh, surgeon. And mm-hmm. so next thing I know, uh, they say, okay, we're getting ready to get started, and I went blank after that. I wake I wake up you from recovery. Out. I wake up from recovery. I have a decatheter in me. <laughs> I'm looking at me. I'm all passed mm. up on the side here, and I'm like, okay, did it happen? They said, oh yeah, it happened, and it's working. <laughs> it started working right away. It oh was, my gosh! It was such a thrill. It was a great feeling. I'm thinking I'm gonna be in a lot of pain and everything. It was you know it was uncomfortable. Right. I, I wasn't terribly hurting or anything. And they and they finally wheeled me back to my room, and everyone was there, and coming in and looking at me, but I, I was just so groggy at this point. I just, <laughs> I'm just like, uh-huh, whatever. And next thing I know, I passed out probably for about another eight, nine hours. Wow. And I woke up that night to a bowl of broth and um, and some and a frozen icy. I said, wow, this is my first <laughs> meal. <laughs> I, ate the, I ate the icy. I couldn't do the broth. So I was I went right, right back to sleep. So I was in the hospital uh-huh. from November 27th to December 5th. Okay. Believe it or not, that was, I, I thought that was pretty quick recovery. Wow. December yeah. 7th, yeah, December 7th, that Saturday, I'm at MetLife Stadium on the sideline oh, watching get out. win the state championship. This is like a sports film to me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the greatest... Rudy, Rudy. (laughs) Yeah, it felt like that because the kids, um, you know, after I went in the hospital, you know, uh, Coach Nielsen, the head coach, he explained to the kids I went in the hospital, I had to get a kidney transplant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he he was telling them every day because he called me every day while I was there. And I kept telling him, I'm going to be at that game. I'm going to be at that game. Trust me, I'll be there. You know me too many years. I'm going to be there. He said, will you just please get better? I said, that's all right. Don't worry. I'm going to be there. So the morning, of right. December, the morning of December 7th, I went to the school. One of the assistant coaches met me downstairs. 
And I had a I had a term that I always use. I said, when we go on the field, we're gonna take these guys to the woodshed. That's how we're gonna uh-huh. beat them so bad that we gotta take them to a woodshed. So what happened is they, <laughs> they had a T-shirt made with woodshed on it. No. I mean, I was like, oh. So I put the T-shirt on. Wow. And we went upstairs. Now they still don't realize I'm coming. So Coach Nielsen at this time, some Coach Brazil really wanted to be here, but he's still in the hospital. I walk in the room at the same time. I said, hey, Bally, the kids jumped up. They applaud. I was crying. Oh, my God. I mean, it was oh. so hard. So one of the kids got up, and he just came over and started hugging me. I said, I, I just, I, I lost it right there. And that I'm motivation right there, I said, okay, I'm back. Yeah, the love. The love was, was incredible. We won. That's right, and we won the game. <laughs> I said, look at ah. this. You better than what they motiv- <laughs> Greatest motivation ever. I was thinking to myself, did they win? Oh, my goodness. That's did an we amazing, win? We won 32 amazing to story. What? 32 days. They went to the woodshed. Yeah, we took them to the <laughs> woodshed, all the right. Woodshed. <laughs> that is the most awesome story. So what do you yeah. know about the organ donor? The organ donor was a young anything, man. I think he was about 19, 20 years old. Wow. He died, I think, of a brain aneurysm. Oh, wow. So he was a very, very young person, which I was very lucky and very blessed. You know, it's it's kind of surreal because on one hand, this this young man died, but on the other hand, he gave me life. Yeah, and some part of him is still, you know, alive. some part of him is in me, and I... I mean, ever since I, you know, because after the game was over, I mean, I stayed in the house for 30 days. I didn't do anything. I, I mm-hmm. listened to my doctor. Listen, I'm just going to the game, but I'm staying in the house. People came over. I wore my mask. I had to be very conscious of germs and everything. Mm. So, so whatever this is life after me, transplant. Right. It just, it just made me feel like I was almost 30 years old again. I mean, I just I have so much energy really? now. I don't feel like things are weighing on me. I mean. I smile every day because I was probably the most miserable person you've ever seen in dialysis. Wow. I can, yeah. Yeah. I used to go in, put my sunglasses on, put my headphones on, and just go to sleep. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't, I didn't want to hear anything. I didn't want to hear how well I was doing. I didn't want to hear, well, the dialysis machine is keeping you alive. I said, yeah, I'm alive, but I'm not living. You know, I, I was just miserable, just a miserable. And I've been smiling ever since. Wow. That's pretty amazing. You know, the person that you were right. on you know, on the dialysis side and now you're on the other side and, and it's like a rebirth. It is it is a rebirth. It really is a rebirth. But like I said, you've gotta have family, you gotta have good friends. And yeah. All yeah. my friends. I mean, everybody who was there, the list is so long it's it's just it's incredible. But, you know, people that are wow. I've known between 35 and 20 years, I mean, just there. And, wow. And you, know, you, you can't thank them enough. You know, you see them, and you're just so happy to see them, and you want to be around them. And now mm-hmm. it's like anything for them, you want to be there for them. They were there for you in, in like, a time when you couldn't hardly be there for yourself. True. Very, very true. It's, it's a tough time. It is a tough time. Wow. 
you know, in those in those first days in the beginning, you know, you're in the hospital, mm-hmm. and you know, you're praying and you're crying to yourself. And you know, one thing my mom always mm-hmm. told me: just cry so you can't cry no more. Yeah, and, there's nothing left. Now, now you wake up and say, okay, what are you going to do about it now? Right. What's next? I've cried every tear. That's right. That I've, you know, and and they say crying is healing sometimes. Yeah, it's very healing. It's very healing. But that that's amazing. So, um, what about connecting to the donor families? Is there, you know? Well, what you do is um, I wrote a letter to them. Mm-hmm. You know, is their option that they want to meet you? Or okay. they want to connect with you, you know. But I gave, you know, but you give them time to grieve because they remember, even though you got the kidney, they had to bury their son, a child. Yeah, that's right. You you give them time to grieve, but you still want to say mm-hmm. thank you for giving you life. Right. Follow up right. the letter. You send you um, give the letter to the social workers. The social workers will make sure they get the letter. Okay. Okay, because you know you still don't know the name of the donor, or you don't know the family mm-hmm. at the time. Right, and, and, and they probably they, want their privacy right. or whatever, like right. you said, their grieving time. You give them time. So, and then when you, you know, I haven't met them yet, and I'm hoping to meet them, because, you know, I just, mm-hmm. have to say thank, I just have to say thank you. I mean, it, it's the greatest gift that you can give. Because kidney disease, the, it's the one disease that's really, there's no cure for it. Even though you can get, right. kid, but that kidney fails, it's not guaranteed. I'm fortunate to stand here today and say everything is working fine. All my diagnosis, everything that I do, because I see my doctors every month at this point, everything, Mm -hmm. everything, all, all my tests are great right now. Wow. So, like, Thanksgiving has a whole new meaning for you. Well, if you think about it, (laughs) Thanksgiving (laughs) is the next day. So I covered Thanksgiving, my birthday on December 4th, Christmas, wow. and New Year. Oh, my gosh. So that whole season is all about celebrating now. Right. And we want to say championship. So you know what? Yeah. It was like yeah. everything was perfect. You know, it almost seemed like you couldn't have a transplant until this whole championship thing was going to roll out for you. Right. It, it, it was meant to be. It was really yeah. meant to be. We've been to previous championships where we came up short. And this one, wow. I just knew in my phone we were going to win this one. Yeah. And you win, you won huge. You didn't win, win big. You won hugely. Oh, yeah. Every newspaper in Burton County said we were going to lose this game. I said, okay. Not today. No, not this time. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, not today. Not today. This is an amazing oh. story. It is. So 2013 is a special year for me. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I just want to kind of sum it up a little bit um, from where you started, and that is get to your doctors. Yeah, get, get to, to a doctor. doctor. Find to out doctor, where you are on the health scale. Year. Yeah, get a checkup every year. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I, I was like, you know, I was going to my doctor. I went more to my dentist than my doctor. Mm. And just get, just have your blood pressure checked. This is why I really try to help people who are overweight, you know, to, to get in their mind that it's not healthy. 
And like I said, when kidney disease comes, it's something you haven't done, and when it comes, it's going to come hard. It's going to come strong. Wow. Wow. And even, so, go ahead. No, no, even if you have to get out there and just walk, just, mm-hmm. just do something. Just do anything that makes your heart work. Mm-hmm. Don't just sit back in the bag of potatoes and watch the TV all day. It's not going to help you. No. And I think especially in the African-American community, we really, um, we really have to fight hard and educate and become aware that, you know, I know times are hard and, and it's, you know, we don't always have health care, but somehow we have to find a way to check in once a year and right. just see what your numbers are, see where you are. And like you said, keep moving, keep your heart pumping, and and be good to yourself. Very good to yourself. You know, and the, and the thing about it is, even if you can't, you can buy a blood pressure cuff. I mean, they're pretty inexpensive these days. You can get mm-hmm. one at least moderate your own blood pressure. I mean, there's a little booklet that comes with it and tells you where you should be. And if you see your blood pressure right. is pretty high or outrageously high, go see a doctor. It's worth it. Yeah. And if you have to take a pill once a day, you take a pill once a day. I take, I, well, when I first started, I was taking probably about 25 pills each day. I'm down to about uh, 14. Wow. But, but what happens is each time your blood tests come back and everything is correct, they wean you off another pill. Okay. So I probably take um, I take eight pills in the morning. I take seven at night. But that alternative mm-hmm. to going to dialysis, there, there, there's no competition there. I'll take the pills any day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So for those people who are unfortunately on dialysis, yes. is there a message for for them from you? There is a message. You know. Try to keep your spirits up. Try to, um, if, if you have friends, try to connect with your friends. All right? If you don't have mm-hmm. friends, so t- if you have to talk to a psychologist, talk to a psychologist. But, you know, keep mm-hmm. yourself active and keep your mind healthy. Because, you know, there's also another mm-hmm. alternative to dialysis. You could do what they call perinatal dialysis, which you do at home. For me, I didn't mm-hmm. think it would work because I'm so active this way. You would have to go home and connect this uh, machine to you every single night. So as you go, oh. as you're sleeping, right? As you're sleeping, that's when you connect the machine. Mm-hmm. But so for me, I found that a big inconvenience. I said, okay, I just rather go get right. four hours done with and just keep on going instead of doing it seven days a week. But right. Then, then there are people there to monitor you and and do the things you might not do for yourself. Right. Right. So I, I just preferred, I said, you know what, I'm just going to go to Dallas and do this. I mean, they offered it to me, and I, I, I weighed the pros and the cons, and to me it was more of a con than a pro. Right, okay. And, you know, at the time I was doing Dallas, I was still coaching track and field. I was still uh, part-time mm-hmm. coaching uh, football. And mm-hmm. this was too much because of the times I was coaching, you know, and the times I had to go to Dallas. So the right. one great thing, so I gave up the track and field, and I just started coaching football because I started going to dialysis in the morning. And mm-hmm. like I said, back at it, I was welcome to come back, and it was great. It was really, it was great. It really kept, it really wow. kept my mind thinking about it. 
Yeah. And I guess that is, but with any, you know, serious illness or it's your mindset and how you choose to focus your energy around it. That, that is so true. And, and you know, a lot of people are not really familiar with kidney disease. You know, it's not, it's not up there with mm-hmm. uh, heart attacks, not up there with cancer. It, it's, mm-hmm. I, I don't really don't think it's recognized enough, to tell you the truth. And then when we talk well, you know, about yes. This past weekend, I'm telling you, it just kind of hit home for me because two people that I knew, you know, in my life, and, you know, you being a transplant recipient, I was like, wow, this is much more prevalent than, you know, I was aware of. Like, like you said, people are not aware of how serious it is. And, you know, you get it from a variety of factors. Some people, you know, I feel sorry for the kids who are, like, you know, born with kidney disease. Right. Or, uh, you know, I, I feel sorry for them because they're so young. And my mother's, my mother's chiropractor, um, his wife, matter of fact, she contacted me. There's a young man on um, who's going on dialysis. I think he's probably 18, 19 years old. He's having a hard time mm. dealing with it. So I'm going to give him a call so we can meet face-to-face. And just let him know that you know I, that there's an outreach out there. You can speak to me if you have if you if you're feeling depressed, you're feeling anxiety, if, if you just feel like you know how the heck am I gonna get to the next day? Give me a call. Right. And and that's support. Yeah. Like the cancer society has great support systems among cancer survivors, and I don't see mm-hmm. that kind of support system with uh, people who are on dialysis or have kidney disease. Because really, right. or tra- wait, transplants. Right. Transplants. Maybe. Well, well, you know what it is? It's like if you're on dialysis, like, well, who else do you, can you speak to? I mean, you can speak to other people on dialysis, but if they're not really into what you're into, you know, how you try to motivate yeah. yourself. Because people used to walk, watch me walk in the dialysis. It's like, God, what is this guy doing that I'm not doing? You know, they would ask me right. questions. I, I said, well, I, I go and work out. I, I'm not going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs and think about it all the time. Right. I said one day when I I did something, one day when I get a transplant, I will be prepared for it. There you go. You like like my friend's mom used to say, I'll be ready even if I don't get to go. <laughs> I'll be ready. That's right. You'll be ready. And that is mm-hmm. the key to everything. And that's and, and that's the message, you know. Just just take care of yourself and, and don't ever try to try to be on a list or go to dialysis. I mean for most right. people, this dialysis is wears them out. It drains them. They need to go home and take a nap when they're done. Wow. So it's no picnic and it's no cure and it's no, you know, it's not an easy fix. It is a lot of hard work no matter which way you look at it. No matter which way you look at it. You've got to imagine, you've got a 15-gauge needle going in your arm. I mean, a 15-gauge needle, I saw a carpet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you're hoping the technician that does it does it right because if they hit that nerve, right. that's oh a pain God. you do not ever want to feel. Right. And then one of, the other, yeah. one of the other parts of it is that if you ever cramp up during dialysis, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking like everybody's felt a Charlie horse, but I'm talking about a Charlie mm-hmm. horse times 10. This thing will lay really? in your It will lay in your leg and it will just stay there for at least two, three minutes, and you are in excruciating pain. Wow. And these are the things, you know. They took too much water out, out, 
and it just it, your body just cramps up. Dehydration. Oh, this like I said, dialysis. It will, it, but that's, like I said, they're trying to get the fluid out of your body because the more fluid builds up, the more work, the more work your heart has to do, and that fluid wow. builds up around your heart, and you don't want that to happen. Oh, no, because <laughs> the cramp there is not. Mm-mm. No. Well, these are you know these are insights from someone who has been in the chair oh, that yeah. um, knows you know some of those. It's not just pumping and cleaning your blood. There's a whole lot more that that's that goes into this. That is surrounded by it. You're surrounded by it constantly. You know, you look at the other people in dialysis, and mm-hmm. it's tough. That's why I said I used to go in there and shut my eyes and just go into another zone. I, would, I wouldn't wake up until I'm about 15 minutes ready to get off dialysis. Wow. But that was my way to escape. That was my way to escape. Yeah. And do you think, you know, for people who are going through this, is there some kind of trick or is there some kind of, mechanism they can put in place or should have in place or should find for themselves where they can, you know, just while they're in that chair, just disassociate or separate? Well, a lot of people, some people come in there, they have books. A lot of the dial mm-hmm. centers have TVs hooked up. Some people bring in their mm-hmm. MP3s. They bring in some kind of music or whatever. You know, that that's how a lot of people escape. But then some people I look at, you know, I look at them over there, and they just got that same depressed look. I And you right. see this three times a week, four hours a day. And I'm like, oh, God, i got to come here and look at this guy again. And, yeah, I mean, right. And it, it makes you feel bad because you know what you're going to do later. And then, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people are ambulatory who come in, too. I mean, yeah. a lot of them are older. And mm-hmm. I just think. I, I just feel that a lot of them probably just give up, and that's what they look forward to. They look that that's their out. They come come to dialysis. That's their thing. That's yeah. You know, I'm and, going to dialysis. And and I I, but, I I didn't I didn't want to live like that. I didn't want to be like that. Yeah. You know, I, want, I want to be different. You know, do something different. And then I started reading up on a it's few. It's been people. what you were seeing. Right. And I started reading up on a few people who were actually, you know. Staying active on dialysis, going to that skiing, doing, competing mm-hmm. in different competitions, they just never stop. So there right. are a few of us out there that, that, you know, that do different things. Um, they refuse to let dialysis beat them. So they get out mm-hmm. there and they, they get involved in cycling. They get involved in marathons. They, they just They live their lives. They live their lives as best they can. Always, the biggest thing I miss was traveling. Okay, yeah, because you can't. You have to be a dialysis three times a week. Well, you know, you can travel for a weekend and go somewhere, but that's the biggest thing you miss is traveling because you just, mm-hmm. you, you, if you go out the country, you have to pay for dialysis out of your pocket. Ah. And that can get pretty expensive. If you're traveling yeah. in the country, the one thing people need to know, yeah, you can travel anywhere in the country, but you have to set your dialysis up beforehand. And you might mm-hmm. not... Well, to get into certain, you might have to you might have to drive or go to another state to get dialysis. Wow. Uh, prime example, you know, we took our son down to uh, Cape May. Mm-hmm. So I had to I had to get one, at least one dialysis treatment. So we went down to Cape May, but I got my treatment in Delaware 
because everybody booked up all the dialysis in the Cape May area because they have vacation homes. Wow. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. You can't just say, okay, I'm just going to go get dialysis anywhere. You have to really prepare for things. Mm-hmm. You have to really set up these appointments maybe two, three, four months ahead of time. Wow. So, you know, call, it's, right. to do these call, things, it's not easy, but it is doable, too. It's not easy, it's doable, and it's all about preparation. And, you know, your social worker will give you a list of places to, um, to call, you know, a list of places to call within, a, within um, you know, at least within a 15-mile radius. So we got on the ferry, which was nice, took a mm-hmm. ferry ride, put the car on the ferry, went to Delaware, got the dialysis, and uh, it was over with and came back. But I had to get it for that wow. one day, one Friday. Wow. So I want to just – huh? Yeah. I just – you know, the social worker. Um, yeah. This is like the person who really is your go-between, you know, from doctors, from – you know, explain how important they are in the whole process of, of being well, a, on dialysis and – the social worker's primary responsibility, you're right, is, is, that, is that go-to person, all right? That person is going to make sure you have your, your Medicare done, have your disability done. They're going to make sure you um, – they're going to set you up with a list of uh, dialysis centers you want to go to. They're going to, they're going to arrange the times that you come in for dialysis. They are the ones that will tell you um, um, which doctors that you're going to be visiting, um, they're going to, they, they do a lot on, in the background. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. guys. So if you have a question, you go to your social worker. Okay, what do I do about this situation? What do I do about that situation? Um, do I need to get on this list or do I need to get on that list? These mm-hmm. are people you need to stay in contact with, and, and they will mm-hmm. give you all the information that's pertinent to your disease. Wow. And so the people who miss that step, they're missing out on so much information and and possibilities for recovery. Well, think about it. You really can't miss out on that because that's one of the first people you meet when you end up in the hospital. After ah. everything was done, I got an ICU, the social worker came to my, to my room and, and started explaining. It's a lot of paperwork, a lot of stuff you've got to fill out, a lot of stuff you have to understand. You have to be able to comprehend what you're doing, but you've got to follow through. You've got to follow through on everything. Wow. Well, and, Randy. Yes. Um, I know we've got like a – we're coming close to the end of our show, but okay. Um, I know you're going to be – you're starting a, a book. You're writing a book about your Yes, I started, your writing, I started writing about the journey. You know, I wanted to put it down. Maybe it will help somebody else, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe they can read the book and say, wow, this, this guy did this and he did that. And, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to let them know that it, it wasn't easy. I had my times. I went to, like, deep depressions, and I don't want to be bothered mm-hmm. with anyone. I didn't talk to anyone. There, you know, it wasn't a fun journey. You know, there were there were peaks, right? There, but there was a lot of valleys. So I think right. the best way I can explain it is just just keep writing, 
So I try to write something down, you know, at least every day, every other day, until I can put it all mm-hmm. together. And I'm right. literally right because I'm bad at it. I'm going to get somebody to type because I can't, I, I'm, I'm the worst typer <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I'm sure you got a lot of friends. I'm sure they'll help you get some of this uh-huh. stuff, uh, you know, yeah. typed. Um, but I, I, you know, this interview has been amazing to me. It's been a revelation about, you know, where these things start and how, you know, potentially they can, well, where you can get to um, in in a very serious situation. I and really your don't story want, is a great story. Huh? I said I don't wish this disease on anyone. It is. It takes yeah. a lot of takes a lot out of your family. I mean, they're always thinking, okay, are you are you ever going to get the call? Are you ever going to get the call? And it, it's, it's it's just like you don't know. You really have no answer. But you right. know, when you get to the top of the list and the social work comes tell you, you know you're at the top of the list, you start seeing a little daylight. Uh-huh. And, when, mm-hmm. and when you start getting those and the calls, possibilities. right, and you're just hoping that the kidney they give you, it works. Mm-hmm. That's it works. It's not. It's not. They're not going to put it in you, and in 24 hours later, it's going to fail. Yeah, that that would be heartbreaking. Yeah, especially when you get it from someone else. Yeah. Wow. I I have to tell you, I've learned so much, um, in 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 several areas. You know, it's not just. Um, it's about looking at life and trying to push on mm-hmm. in the worst of circumstances, you know, just trying to keep what you feel is normal present in your life when you're facing something that as serious so as this. You it's know? serious because, like I said, it, and, it, it could take you out. Yeah. And looking at your child and, and that being such a motivator in life, so, you know, what you want to be able to see and participate in and saying, I got something here. I got, this is what I'm fighting for. So, and and that, you know, you've got to love yourself. You've got to take care of yourself. You've got to, you know, get out there and get your numbers and see your doctor and, and make sure that's good because there's only one you. And if something fails, you know, the the consequences can be catastrophic. Definitely. That's why I tell African Americans, you know, you have to you have to really think about what you're doing because there's so many of us that are just deconditioned, you know, overweight. We're not taking care of ourselves. This thing we're gonna keep on going the way we are. The body's gonna break down eventually. And I was an athlete, yeah. and I was always right. trained. And it could happen to me. It could happen to anybody. Mhm. Mhm. So just be aware of who you are, what you're doing to yourself. You know, is it worth it? You know, if you're walking and you got you're heavily breathing walking down the street, there's something wrong. Right. So that's just, not that's not right. It's <laughs> not the way it's supposed to feel. That's it. Be smart, wise up. You're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for anyone else. Do it for yourself. Yeah. And 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 some of us have to learn how to do for ourselves. You know, we can run around for everybody else, but we right. don't take the time for ourselves. And that'll take you out of the game for helping other people if that's really important for you. Very true. Very true. So, Randy, I want to say 
I want to wish you all the best on this book. It has got to get written. You're chock full of so much great information that I have I was not aware of in terms right. of, you know, dialysis, what it means, where, where, who to go to, what to do, you know, what happens to a person, you know, in the process of being on dialysis. There's a lot of information here that I think would be so helpful and so insightful, you know, for not just somebody who's facing this disease, but anyone. There's lots of great triumph and stories. That story about the, the the championship was amazing. I was on a roller coaster ride with you on that one. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, you develop a partnership with your doctors. That's the great thing about it. My, I mean, when I met Dr. Singer, Dr. Vidieski, Dr. Adamidius, I'm tell you something. They were so great at what they did and what I had to do, and gave me so much encouragement. Mm-hmm. It was it was just you know I I had, I had confidence in them because of what they knew and and how they treat you. Wow, and so that's another great message. Your your doctors are your team, and you develop a partnership. And no matter what the you know, if it's not a crisis, that's fine too. But if you're working with a doctor, make it a partnership. Make it a partnership. You have to, you know, and. I'm going to tell you, as long as you're doing the right thing, they're always going to come back and say, whatever you're doing, keep on doing it. Right. Yeah. They're not going to stop progress. Not going to stop progress. Randy, thank you. Thank you so much for this um, interview. Um, I wish you all the best. I wish you continued health and success. And, you know, we'd love to have you back anytime. Well, thank you, Valencia. It's It's been a pleasure. Oh, no, it was mine. (laughs) Okay. Take care of you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, folks. Bye. I just want to say bye. Um, For all of you listening out there, this was an amazing, amazing um, interview. Please take the best of it uh, with you. Um, Take care of yourselves. That's the message that I got, um, that it really is important to be a team with your doctors. Attitude is everything. Keep your head up when you're facing a challenge. And don't forget to um, sign an organ donor card. You don't have to be in the best of, you know, of everything. Your health doesn't matter. Um, Do it for somebody. Save a life. Um, and make yours count too, even after. And if you're a family member and you have a good kidney and and you're a match, you know, do it. Make it happen. All right, until next time, I want to say, you know, have a good good month. (laughs) Enjoy the weather. All right, adios. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live.